The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome, everybody. This is our updated facilitators training that we are offering for our community volunteers, those of you who contribute so immensely and uh, vitally to the community platform. We appreciate each and every one of you and we want you to be successful in your participation in the community. So I have the distinct pleasure to introduce one of our very own, of course. She is a regular facilitator in the community and has been for a couple of years now, and that is Tabitha Kenlin. So Tabitha, I'm gonna turn it over to you. Thank you, Cindy. And thanks everyone for being here. As Cindy said, um, you know, the community could not happen without the facilitators. It's your great ideas and your unflagging commitment to making the community thrive that helps make it what it is. Of course, we want the community and the community calls to be fun, but it's vitally important that the calls are also safe, welcoming, and respectful. So to that end, ACB has established a few guidelines to help the process and the presentation of the community calls. And as a facilitator, you are responsible for upholding the community call values. And in this session today, we are going to explain some of the most important things that you need to know about the process of scheduling and holding your event. This is the first in a series. We're going to come back fairly regularly and provide some more specific topic-focused episodes. Today, we're just going to kind of give you a general introduction and an overview. Of course, if you have questions, you can always email community at acb.org. All right, so I am going to tell you a little bit about how to schedule your event, going to give you some tips on holding the event, and explain some special instructions for live streams and podcasts. So if you have a great idea and you want to propose an event and facilitate a call, do your homework first. Look at the existing schedule and take note of what topics and times are out there already. No more than three events will be scheduled simultaneously, so it's best not to choose a time that already has two or three calls happening. Pick a new kind of underpopulated time for yourself. After you've selected your time and your topic, spend a little time thinking about how you're going to organize your event. Will it be an open discussion where everybody just unmutes and talks? Will there be a presentation followed by a Q&A? Will there be a presentation not followed by a Q&A? Are you knowledgeable on the topic or are you going to need to find an expert guest speaker to come in and share their, their expertise? Once you've answered all these questions, you'll need to write a short description of your call. And you've seen these on the daily schedules. So you probably already have a good sense of, of what kind of information you like to see in a call. 
um, in a call's description. So go ahead and do that for your potential participants. Provide enough details so the community will know the purpose of your call, but don't make it too long. You know, we have short attention spans in the 21st century. Generally, about 100 words is enough. Now, if your event occurs regularly, it isn't necessary to completely rewrite the description every week, but you might want to refresh it now and then and see if you can get some, some new people coming and, and make sure that your original intent for the call hasn't changed as, as time has gone on. To get your call on the schedule, you'll need to submit the ACB Community Events online form, which is very easy to fill out. And it asks you some basic questions like the title of your event, the day and time you're gonna hold it, the description, whether you'd like meeting or webinar format, if you'd like the event held on Clubhouse as well, and if you're holding the call on an ACB Zoom account or your own Zoom account. Now, if you're using your own Zoom account, there are some additional and very important details you need to keep in mind. And all of these are also listed on the form. So if you can't remember everything I'm saying, there are other resources to, to refresh you on this. If you're using your own Zoom account, you must grant the ACB host full hosting privileges. Making the ACB host only a co-host is not adequate. You must not have the meeting set to allow participants to join anytime. You must not use the waiting room feature. You must make sure phone numbers are masked. You must not share the Zoom joining details on social media or public websites. You must send the recording of the call to community at acb.org within 24 hours of your call. You must change the title of your Zoom room to match the name of your event. And if you fail to follow these guidelines, you might not be permitted to hold an ACB event on a non-ACB account in the future. And do note that these are the same guidelines that ACB uses for its own Zoom accounts. So everyone is being held to the same standards, whether you're on an ACB or a non-ACB account. Facilitators receive an email, um, sorry, <laughs> lost my place. Facilitators receive an email early every week containing a reminder of the submission deadline, which is typically the Wednesday before the following Sunday to Saturday schedule. The email also announces new policies and lists existing guidelines so it's important that you open it and read it. <laughs> um, Colby particularly wanted me to tell you that. If you miss a submission deadline, you will not be directly contacted and nudged. It's your responsibility to keep track and provide necessary event details on time. If your event recurs regularly and the details do not change, you may confirm its schedule via email rather than completing the entire online form every week. Whether you use the form or the email option, submissions received past the deadline will not be listed on the weekly schedule. Facilitators also receive a preview of the weekly schedule. 
please read it and ensure all the details related to your event are correct. Contact community at acb.org immediately if you find an error. And remember that the schedule is a draft, the working document, and should not be shared with anyone else. It's just kind of a sneak preview for facilitators alone. If you need to cancel your event, contact community at acb.org as soon as possible. If you send your cancellation by 4 p.m. the day before your event, it won't be included on the daily schedule. The ACB community team holds quarterly facilitator check-ins to review these guidelines and answer any questions that you might have. It's important that you attend so you can stay informed. Okay. Now, you've done all this scheduling, the setup, you know what's going on, but what happens when you hold your event? First, you need to arrive 10 minutes early so you can communicate with the ACB host about your plans for the event before things get started. If the host has not joined by eight minutes before the call starts, send a text to 855-487-4181. This is the emergency contact number if you need help before or during your event. Remember that the responsibility for the overall event belongs to the facilitator, not the host. The host is there to assist, not to run the show. All events must be recorded. If you're using an ACB account, the host is gonna take care of all that for you. But if you're using your own account, you'll need to send the recording to community at acb.org within 24 hours. The recordings are a safety measure and will not be listened to unless a formal complaint is filed. A minute or so before the event's official start time, the host will play a pre-recorded message containing information about how participants can mute and unmute and raise and lower hands. Everyone will need to stay muted while that message is played. And then you can begin. Remember that Zoom guidelines prohibit all users from playing or sharing copyrighted material without appropriate written permission. And remember that the host is there to support you by calling on those with raised hands, lowering hands, and muting noisemakers. The host is not your sidekick. We ask hosts to stay in the background because they have their own job to do, and the content of the event is the facilitator's responsibility. When your event starts, you'll want to make sure that you welcome participants and announce the name of the event, your name, and the names of any guests. Explain what the format will be so participants know what to expect. You'll want to do this even if your call has been running for years. The community continues to grow and you never know when someone new will join and you want to make sure that newcomers feel particularly welcomed. That you know, can be kind of awkward being the new kid sometimes. So you wanna make sure that you don't make anyone feel alone or, or unwelcome or alienated. You'll want to use earbuds or headsets to minimize background noise and get the best sound relay for your voice. 
and you'll want to keep track of time. You can ask your host to give you a 10 or 15 minute warning so you'll know when to start wrapping up. It's important to be respectful of the host's and participants' time. Remember that personal information, such as phone numbers and email addresses and physical street addresses must not be shared on ACB events. Participants may contact community at acb.org and will forward their email to you as the facilitator if they have a question for you, and then you can respond directly if you'd like to. Some facilitators have set up dedicated websites and email addresses to serve their events, but this is not a requirement. It's totally up to you. So some special instructions for live streams and podcasts. Calls that are live streamed on ACB media or recorded as podcasts are a little bit more public. So we do ask facilitators to bring their best game and show the world what the ACB community can do. Live streams and podcasts should be orderly. Always use the raise hand feature, for example, so you don't have a lot of people talking at once, which can be really confusing for listeners. Live streams start with a disclaimer, and when it finishes, facilitators should be ready to begin with that introduction and welcome. Come prepared with content for your event and have a backup plan to fill time if necessary. It is especially important to be mindful of time to start and end on time when you're doing a live stream. Podcasts don't have disclaimers, and it can be okay to end early if you run out of content. The description that you provide for the community call schedule will be published as part of the podcast notes, so you might want to take a little extra time and polish it up a bit and don't forget to proofread. Simple and straightforward is usually best. No need to get fancy. Don't put any pressure on yourself. Just take a deep breath, write what you're thinking. If your podcast is a regular occurrence, have a consistent title so people can find you easily. And but you might want to adjust the you might want to adjust the description to reflect the specific focus of each particular episode. So that is the the big general overview. Um, so thank you for listening. And I'm actually surprised that it didn't take longer for me to say all that. So this is one of those occasions where <laughs> you, uh, you don't know how long sometimes your content is going to take. Um, but thank you for listening and for facilitating so many fabulous community events. We appreciate all that you do. And the guidelines we've discussed here are intended to help you and the ACB team work together as smoothly as possible as we continue to cultivate an active community that is safe, welcoming, and respectful. So we do have time if there are any questions. Do have two hands here in Zoom. Abby, you're up. Okay. Um, 
I was just wondering, uh, if, if you check the box on the form that you want your event streamed and podcasted, but the event is not streamed because there's no, isn't any minute unavailable to do it. Is there still a chance that it could be podcasted? Are those two things connected? So I will step in and answer that question. Uh, it is it is possible. It is also dependent on our resources. So we do have a couple of events who where we have a dedicated person who edits their events that are not streamed, but that are created into podcasts and happy to work with somebody on that. Um, the thing is, is you need to make sure that your content will hold up to being podcasted. So, right. okay. you know, that's, that's probably my biggest suggestion. And often things that are not put placed, sometimes things might be because there's not anyone available, but likely it's because I, um, you know, I send a list off to uh, be streamed and I go through and I try and do about 25%. So I have to make some decisions around that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. And then I also want to make sure that the content is one that I believe will hold nicely to being streamed. Most of the time, social events don't work well right. with okay. being streamed, for example. Uh, and so it, you know, sometimes and likely I am starting now to look at not just because somebody instantly wants it streamed doesn't mean they get it streamed. Maybe we check, see how it goes the first time and see if the content is, you know, really what would be appropriate and then the next time it could be streamed we can also take an event and this is great for anybody to consider if you have an event you didn't even ask for it to be streamed but it ended up being amazing great turnout lots of interest after it's happened you can reach out to us and ask us to consider getting the recording podcasting it and putting it into the uh rotation for ACB Media 5. So just because it wasn't streamed live doesn't mean we can't replay it on the stream in the future. Okay, so will we contact communityacb.org yep. with that? Okay. Yes, ma'am. Right. Great, thank you. Yes, thanks, Abby. Okay, Jewel. Hi, thank you for having this. And I'm glad I was able to come. My, my appointment was at a different time than I thought. Um, my question is how we would get on the list to receive the emails about the guideline changes and um, schedule and stuff. So, Jewel, if you are not currently receiving the reminder on Monday mornings, mm -hmm. nor the weekly uh, the the weekly schedule, mm -hmm. which is now being sent out on Thursdays, uh, Thursday afternoons, then send an email to community and request that you be added to the okay. event planners email list. Event planners. Thank yes. you. Because I have not Abs received that before. Absolutely. Let's get you on there. You are one of our uh, facilitators, so you should be on there. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Melissa. 
Good afternoon, or good morning, rather. <laughs> Hi, Tabitha. Hello, Cindy. Tabitha, that was a great presentation, so thank you for that. Um, so my question is, um, is how do I go about sending, like, let's say there's a, a new, like a guest speaker that I want to have, and I want to give them the ACB website um, so that they can look up information about who we are, particularly if they don't know about us. How can I um, state it so that they don't think it's a scam? What's the best way to state it like in an email? Do you have anybody have suggestions around that? Tabitha, do you have any thoughts? I can try. <laughs> um, it, it's that it's um, you're you're anticipating us actually because um, we we were going to one of our planned uh, special topics focused episodes is going to be on guest speakers, um, and uh, and I know that a lot of um, a lot of the calls uh, do that. Um, I think you know just um, you know if if it's kind of a, a cold email, someone you haven't had contact with before. Um, you usually want to keep it brief and to the point and, right. and, you know, you're right that there's no guarantee that someone is going to respond, you know, whether they're too busy, whether they're not interested, whether they think it's a scam, you know, you just have to do your best. So sure. you will want to, um, you know, quickly tell them I facilitate a, this is a community call with the American council of the blind and we meet every week to discuss, you know, X, Y, Z. I'm really interested in what you do on such and such a topic. And it would be an honor if you were able to join us and share your expertise and knowledge. The calls last for one hour. We usually have a quick Q&A session, but if you're not comfortable with that, you know, we can discuss whatever. Um, here is a little bit more about ACB with the link and please feel free to contact me, you know, phone number, email, whatever you provide and, and see if, if they get back in touch. Um, I think, does, does that cover the bases? Cindy? I think that's good. Thank you. And of course, acb.org, the website mm -hmm. is, is got a lot of information. So if somebody goes to it, they are going to see we are legit. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Melissa. Before we go to the next one, Darcy, is there anyone over in Clubhouse? There is not currently. Okay, give me a shout if there is. Yep. Phil, you're next. Thank you very much. Good afternoon. I uh, I do have a, a call each month that I facilitate, and it's a uh, well, really kind of a small group right now. We do get free flowing sometime, but uh, the comment, I would—I just have a comment that I think as facilitators, we uh, all need to be a bit more time conscious. I think particularly on the social calls, uh, I've noticed that sometimes uh, people will start talking and, you know, giving their responses and, uh, well, sometimes people will just dominate and on rare occasions we run out of time and not everybody gets to participate so i i would uh, like i would like to suggest that and i know this is hard to get into a good habit but at, at each um call and particularly social calls too that at least at the halfway point that the host 
uh, just uh, to the facilitator as to how much time is remaining and how many uh, hands are raised, if that can be done. Yeah, thank you for that comment. And you've anticipated another episode as well. Um, we do want to, to talk about uh, it's sort of crowd control um, for the facilitators. Um, because you're right, if it's a social call or a discussion call, you know, I, I host, um, sorry, I facilitate um, to uh, book groups where we, you know, we talk about books and it's quite easy for somebody to get carried away and, um, and as you say, dominate the conversation. And it can be kind of tricky for the facilitator to step in. Um, so we do want to devote um, an episode to to encouraging facilitators to think of different ways to make sure that everybody who is on the call has a chance to participate. So it might be starting out with kind of a round robin and you know saying, okay, everybody has one minute to to give their opinion or you know answer the question or whatever. And then at the facilitator will need to to keep track of that, you know, have have your your phone or or something, a clock, something out to help you make sure that people really are getting one minute, and then you stop them and say, "Okay, your minute is up. We can come back to you later," and then go to the next person. Um, or, you know, if someone has, you, know, they've raised their hand and they're making their comment, and they've just kind of gone on and on and on, and you you know, maybe your host, you can ask your host, by the way, are there other hands up if, if you're not able to, to tell yourself? And if the host says, yeah, actually, we've got 10 more hands, then you might ask the person who's currently speaking, you know, can we just kind of bump you to the back of the queue and let other people have a turn? Um, and then we can come back to you later when there's time, because we want everybody to have a chance to share their thoughts. Um, so you're right, facilitators, um, we, we would ask people to um, you know, to be aware of of making sure that everyone is able to participate who wants to, and and again, that is part of the the welcoming and respectful, um, you know, part of of the community call guidelines. So it is something that people need to be aware of. And I'm going to chime in and add a couple of thoughts as well. Uh, it is my desire that more. Uh, facilitators will utilize the raised hand feature so as not to even encourage in any way shape or form that free-flowing talk over each other conversation it's really easy for it to occur we all do it uh, we get excited we're thinking about our our response before somebody's finished talking and sometimes it just blurts out and then people talk over each other it just happens really quickly and it it can you can get out of hand really quick and if you're sitting around they talk about the talking stick you know uh, sometimes you don't even need a microphone in a room in person but they're good to have just so that people take their turn um, others are concerned about utilizing raised hands because they feel like it takes away that impulsivity, that natural, you know, free-flowing conversation. But uh, you can have a free-flowing conversation and still be respectful of one another and take turns 
and and then you can have free flowing conversation and it go awry and it can be with four people even so uh, if you are a facilitator and you choose not to use raised hands because you have a small group then you are taking a bigger responsibility upon yourself you are really uh, just making that determination that you are going to help facilitate that conversation so no one does take over and oh you know do more than they should the other thing is and and i think i've gotten pretty good at this uh over the last almost three years and that is when we have people that want to say that extra something um one if you set boundaries before you ever start taking raised hands that's really helpful so something like one comment per person if you have more than one once your hand is lowered go ahead and raise it and get in the queue again this way we ensure that everyone has the opportunity to share who wishes to do so so i think that's one really easy way uh, and if somebody says i know you only wanted one but i it's okay to stop them and say Yes, I know you have something more to contribute. If you would please just raise your hand, we want to allow more people. So, you know, it's okay. You're the facilitator. This is your call. And you're there representing pretty much everyone in the room. And you want to be respectful of everyone that's there and allow them all to be able to participate. So, thanks. And we do have someone in Clubhouse now. Okay. Uh, Meryl, your turn. You're up. Hi. I love Clubhouse now, Cindy. Oh, that's wonderful, Meryl. I know. Hi, Tabitha. Great job. Um, Okay. I um, now have designated, when you were talking on the uh, facilitator's check-in, Cindy, about having a Mm co-facilitator, and I now have designated one. I don't know if I'm allowed to give his name out on the... Not right here. Why don't you just send it to us? Yeah, I I did when I filled out the form. But my question is, um, because I'm not sure how I'm going to be feeling after I go to the dentist with my teeth on Monday, I asked him to take over the call. Um, But I didn't say that when I filled out the form, I just said he just drop now us my a, co- Just drop us community. a note to oh, community. Uh-huh. Okay, yep. and thank you so much, and I appreciate it. Great, Thanks, so, great job. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Okay, next up is Patty. Hi, everybody. Um, first of all, Tabitha, thank you for having this. I missed Cindy's meeting the other day. So, anyway. My question is this. We have had, um, I have had, I should say, a couple of um, community members who know of me and and what I do ask if I could do a community call, which would do an overview of my assistance program. And my question is, I don't do that. I only have some free services. So am I allowed to talk about paid services too, or would that be inappropriate? Because 
I'm not going to schedule a call until I know that for sure, what I am allowed to do and what I am not allowed to do in my program or in my call. Excuse me. We cannot promote any paid opportunities uh, outside of events that benefit ACB or its affiliates. Okay, that's a good answer. And that's really all I wanted to to ask. Thank you very much. I just wanted to be clear on that because I didn't think so. Thank you. All right, you're welcome. Even though Jenna. somebody needs to shut me up. I'll shut you up, that's fine. Jenna, you're next. <laughs> um, I have a question and a real quick comment. Um, I think it would be great if facilitators could get into the habit of saying, um, I'm going to take the next raised hand and so-and-so you'll be after that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that one of the problems when people are unmuted is people who are unmuted just chime in and may not recognize um, that it's equally important to allow the raised hand people for whatever reasons to get their comments in. Um, And my question is... Stop there for a second, Jeanette. I'm not understanding. So if... if, What do you mean the unmuted? If so, if I'm a facilitator and I'm allowing people to unmute, but in my call, some people are still raising their hands, and I actually did this the first time I facilitated. <clears throat> some of the unmuted people wanted to make second and third comments, and I very politely said, So and so, I'd love to hear what you have to say, but so and so has her hand raised, so I'm going to let her go next. And then you'll be after her. And I think it doesn't completely solve the problem for facilitators who like to keep their calls unmuted, but it may help with ensuring that people who raise their hands get their opportunity to speak. So I think you're you're crossing some of the host. Somebody's unmuted okay. that I stopped me. Um oops, we're hearing stuff. Um So hosts' responsibility are to uh, navigate an event based on how the facilitator sets the stage. And it is extremely important that a host, if they see that things are going awry, that they step in and say, um, for example, if I were in an event and people started talking over each other and it felt like it was out of control, I'd likely say to... Tabitha, uh, if she was my facilitator, I would say to her, uh, Tabitha, at this time, I'm muting everyone and I am requesting that we move to raised hands because it's right. It's I, gone off I, the rails, right? I will state but it differently next time because I was observing it more as a facilitator, even though I gave the bad example. Well, so, think, okay. Um, but sorry, what I'm sorry, saying, can, oh, it's okay. Go on, Tabitha. Um, sorry. So I think, I think I've actually seen this in, in my, in some of my calls when I, I don't tell people we're going to stay muted and then raise hands. So some people will be unmuted and some people will be muted. 
and then you know we're chatting and then someone will raise a hand so there's it's almost like a, a mixture of you know the the unmuted anybody can chime in and then there are a couple of hands raised so I, I yeah so I think it is easier for the facilitator um you know to to say up front we're going to do raise hands but then you're right, Jeanette, if you see that hands are raised, you want to, you know, those people have probably raised their hands because they feel like they can't get a word in because everybody else is talking. <laughs> right. So they've raised their hands. So you, we do need to be aware of that. And then that can also be, you know, a key to let us know as facilitators, okay, if people are, you know, and it, it's never too late to change, you know, you can say, okay, we've got some raised hands and I want to make sure that everybody gets a chance to talk. So let's, Let's everybody mute for the moment. And if you want to chime in, raise your hands and we'll we'll go through that way to make sure everyone gets a, a chance to, you know, to say something. That's so it's I was okay to, to get at. Yeah. So it's well, okay, I, I think, to switch midstream if the need arises. But I also think that as a facilitator, you need to recognize that well, and not all facilitators are good at seeing raised hands. So okay. really the host needs to uh, interrupt. Uh, possibly or well in in a good way in a, mm -hmm. at the right timing that's you know it's a challenge sometimes right conversations going back and forth you know um but a host then would need to step in and and maybe as a facilitator to help that happen you might even say to your host pre the event starting please if there's conversation going on and raised hands and I am not aware, please go ahead and let me know that there is a raised hand. So you're kind of giving them permission that they already, you know, should have, but um, you're making them hyper aware that you recognize that it, it could, you know, we kind of sometimes get carried away. So <laughs> good point, Jean Jeanette. And, and my question was, that 800 number is that now operational again you you can use it again i want to emphasize it is for emergencies only under so so the the normal conversation you need to cancel an event that should come to community um uh, because if we get it you know uh if if it's instant like at that moment that's probably it's not <laughs> we, we, if you didn't show up we're not holding it anyway so and we're not sending anything out to cancel it so uh, uh if it's if it's that 10 minutes before eight minutes before your host hasn't shown up if it's um uh, in the middle, your host fell off the call and, you know, made uh, Phil the the host and he doesn't know what to do with it and uh, you need somebody in their ASAP. Yes, that 855 number and, and I'll even take it a step further if you are one of our hosts and, and you can talk somebody through, uh, you know, making somebody that's in the room who you know is a host, a host, then you can also do that. Those are some of the things you can do. And of course, you can also reach out to me, but 855 number is the first one on an emergency basis. Thanks, Jeanette. Sharon.
Sharon, you are still muted. My apology, I thought I was unmuted. Sorry. Good now. Hello? Hi, Sharon, we got you. Oh, oh okay, very good, okay. I, uh, I um, only facilitated a community call once and I just have a couple of um, mechanical questions. Uh, when is it good to suggest a webinar or a Zoom event? And the other question is, um, if you present a time that you would like something but are open to another time, is it all right to put that in the um, planner form? Um, so I'm gonna touch on your second one first. Okay. Uh, whatever is your preferred time, put it there. Uh, and if and if there's a problem with it, or if you're wondering, like, is there too much competition around it? Is there? Yeah. You could write in that notes section. Uh, that that would be a good place to just say, I I'm flexible on this time. If you know you think there's a better time or whatever. Okay. Um, yeah. So that that's great. And the other thing is, is um, you know, we are uh, now things we are asking for. Uh, events to take place only up to three uh, at the same time and so uh, you know if you are one that you know your event is during a time where lots of things happen there's pile-ups uh, get it in early and uh, just really have some flexibility on you know this really benefits all of us if we kind of spread things out a little bit and it it was really wasn't doing us any good to have four or five things at the same exact time exactly so um and then webinar versus meeting i think that will that if it's not on our list uh tabitha let's get it on the list um to talk about the benefits of webinar uh but really webinar to me is for uh, events which are going to be largely attended. That'd be one. Uh, and where there is a formal presentation. So okay, that's what panel, I okay. panel mm -hmm. presentations, you maybe have two or three guests, that those would warrant a webinar. Uh, but, you know, we have a couple of events that just yesterday had conversations with two people who have large attended events and like 60 people on a regular basis. And, you know, talking to them about, you know, is would webinar be better for your event than Zoom? And what we came to is that they are going to try using a feature that makes Zoom look like webinar and it's a checkbox where uh, participants can only unmute if given permission by the host. And as a facilitator, if at any time you want that enacted, your host can go in and change that right there on the fly under more options. And it, it just allows where people can't just unmute uh, if they want to, <laughs> they have to get the permission from the host to do so. Okay, and one final thing, if, if it is a webinar, and you've explained that very well, thank you. Um, do panelists get a, a separate link? Yes, they do. thank you okay. for that as well. So okay. and if you are That's submitting an event and you are requesting it be a webinar, please make sure that you include 
contact information, name and email for each person you want a panelist invite sent and you put that in the special notes section or comments on the form. So we can't send those out unless we have that information and it takes extra time to have to contact the facilitator to get that information. So please come with it and include it in the form when you're filling it out. Great. Thank you so much. This is wonderful. Have a good day. Thanks, Sharon. Okay. Cindy. The other Cindy. <laughs> Here I am. Had to change my mute button again or unmute. Um, I have a question. Um, if if you have a host that is not really paying attention to what they're doing or seems like they're not paying attention to what they're doing and you have to call on them several times to tell you either uh, either the next, you know, raised hand or whatever, what can we do about that? So I would say um, if you end a call and you are frustrated and had a bad you know, bad uh, experience with any of our hosts, please email me at, right away and let me know so that I can do a little investigating, call them, find out what's going on, or give them some reminders. Um, and of course, there are some that it maybe wasn't a good um, match, right, for, uh, for that particular event. And I will do my best not to have them uh, host for you again. But my my end goal is to try and uh, get people up to speed and help them, uh, you know, fix whatever is is has gone awry as a host. Mm -hmm. So we want all our hosts to be considered high quality hosts. So on the fly at the moment, if you're in your event. And your your uh, your host is non-responsive. Um, you certainly could ask someone on your call if they could contact me and ask me to come into the call. Uh, if I can't, I'll send somebody in. And um, or you could also ask your host. I think you could do this in a nice way and just say, uh, you know, so and so. Um, are you doing okay? Do you need me to see if we could find somebody else? Is is everything all right? I mean, maybe they're having something going on medically. Who knows, right? So, I think you could do that in a in a nice way. Um, but uh, or, or are you hearing me okay? I've called on you a couple of times. You know, whatever. So, yeah. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Cindy. I appreciate that. Okay, um, um, I uh, had actually facilitated an event uh, last year. Yes, you Patrick's did. Event, and Cindy was my wonderful host. Now, uh, I had a friend who said, "Can is there a recording of this? And, uh, and uh, I was told by you, Cindy, that it was going to be made into a podcast. And I went back to see if I could find that link for my friend. But I haven't found it. So I wonder, was the content bad? <laughs> no, um, but I will investigate. Just drop me a note and remind me that you want me to look into it. Uh, I believe it was streamed, 
and so if it were streamed then it is absolutely still around um, so sometimes uh, last year at this time I think we were undergoing a lot of changes on ACV media and it is extremely possible that it just you know March is a very busy time right. for us with the conference leadership conference and and then we are getting into uh, conventions as well so our our um, our podcasts are you know done by um, volunteers anybody can also uh, edit their own event and uh, we have a few people now that do that and then send it in to be put into a podcast um, and so yeah good oh, yes. just get with me on that sure yeah I did the, I think I did the, uh, send in the, that I would be willing to help edit podcast yes you have that okay. was for a, another project that we haven't oh, okay. got going yet but yes okay. all right yep all right. Well, thanks. Thank you. Diane. Yes. Hello. Hello, everybody. Um, I have a question about a couple things on the event form. Um, you know, where it asks for the name of a sponsor and the website of a sponsor. Um, does a does ACB charge the no. people that sponsor no. calls? No. No. So if I started a call and wanted someone to sponsor it and they were willing to and they had something um, and they were willing, I, I can just put their so information I'm gonna, on the So I'm going to say to you, and maybe we need to change the language. So usually changes occur because people raise stuff, change things up on us. So... <laughs> Um, this is not to advertise organizations that have nothing to do with what we're doing in community, right? So this is like to promote programming within ACB or if someone brings content like Vespero brings content, then they are sponsoring their event and we want people to certainly reach out to Vespero and know how to contact them, right? But we wouldn't ask, uh, say, Vespero to sponsor some apps call or something, right? Uh, right. That's not, that would not be the purpose. Um, but if, uh, you know, uh, I don't remember the, I don't know the names of all that, but we have a couple of outside organizations that do exercise things, right? So they mm -hmm. have their name attached to them. We have several that aren't. Leslie does them, but we have them brought to you by the health and wellness uh, campaign or committee. So that's an ACB event. Merrill sought support from the Spanish uh, subcommittee of the multicultural affairs committee for her event and really that's just bringing more focus or attention to the spanish subcommittee of the multicultural affairs committee and the work that they are doing and so that you know that's when those are done if you don't have a sponsor if you're not a special interest affiliate or a you know, a state affiliate that's holding an event or a committee that's holding an event, um, then likely 
you don't need to have to put anything in that section. What what if I um what if I um and I haven't asked this person yet, but what what if I started a call and wanted to um ask someone who's in the community who has a club and clubhouse to sponsor my call if they'd be willing to do it. I'm going to say that there's, we are still figuring out clubhouse, but really clubhouse events that are done in uh, part of the community really need to be on the ACB club, not on other clubs. And so I would say that likely that's probably not a good match. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe at some point I will, I will give you more specific information on it in an sure. email and, you sure. know, then specific questions really, yeah, just send in, but you know, what we're doing in community is all about ACB. So right. that needs to be our number one focus and we're growing and lots of changes are happening and some things we will, you know, probably have to bring to the community support committee and or the ACB media um, support committee, whatever their, their committee is called to figure out if we need to have any more guidelines wrapped around some of the things that we do right now, we're still operating the way we've been doing them and, and really have just kind of acquired some best practices. Um, sometimes those aren't written until we are forced to write them. You know what I mean? Okay. So, yeah. So things like, for example, the question about, you know, can I advertise, getting paid for something right that's that the practice has been what I mentioned it's not anywhere in writing and it may be something we have to address in the future so this might be one of them as well okay all right thank you thanks Diane okay we have seven minutes and are we doing repeat hands um we can if they yeah we still have some time unless Tabitha do you have anything else you wanted to add I don't think so. Think people have been asking <laughs> Good questions, right? Questions. So, yeah, yeah, I've been taking notes. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, uh, go ahead. Okay, go ahead, Jewel. Yes, I just had a really quick question that came up with the last question. Um, so if a group is facilitating a call and they are presenting something from another organization or company, which would be the sponsor and where would the notes go on the um, business? So for an example, SCKCB facilitates presentations from businesses. They are planning a blind square presentation. Where would the blind square information go? Would that be in the notes? Um, if, if SKCB is actually holding the event, they're mm -hmm. the facilitator, they would be the sponsor. Um, okay. And we may need to think about the wording of sponsor. Sponsor sounds like it's, you know, it maybe is brought to you by. Um, so we may change that. Uh, I'm, as I'm hearing things, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting a little, you know, like, oh, dear, uh, you guys. Okay. So, <laughs> um, but they would be that, that person. And yes, if you want, there's always room for, if, for more information, go to contact, right? So you could put that in your description at the end of your description. 
Hopefully that makes sense. And we always want to try and make it as clean and, you know. That, yeah, that made perfect sense. I muted because there were people outside. Okay, Sorry. yeah, no problem. Thanks. Thanks, Joel. We have no more hands. All right. Oh, you guys asked five. really great questions. So, um, Tabitha, do you have a list of some of the topic areas that we're going to be bringing in the future? Oh, gosh, I do somewhere on here. Um, so... <laughs> Um, I know we we did mention a couple of them. Um, we were going to um, talk about um, let's see scrolling. I'm scrolling. I know there was about what is Clubhouse and when yes. would be what would be the benefit of using it and okay. ACB Media as well. So streaming, um, podcasting. Uh, yeah. Well, we, we were going to go into a little bit more detail on planning a call and I think um, address some of the issues people brought up about, you know, raising a hand, raising hands mm -hmm. and, um, and moderating, um, you know, fast paced conversations. Um, we were also going to do uh, planning a call, having a guest star. Um, so, you know, again, addressing a question that, that someone asked about, you know, how do you invite a guest? Um, how do you brief them about what to expect? Um, you know, how do you, how do you moderate that conversation? Um, you know, follow up with the guest afterwards to say thank you, that sort of thing. Um, and then, yeah, one on Clubhouse and streaming um, I know Clubhouse is still new to a lot of us, including me. So um, that would be quite educational for me to to, have, to learn and and explain. Um, and uh, we were also going to talk a little bit about the difference between a facilitator and a host. I think most people <laughs> have this down by now, but we just wanted to to make sure that um, people are are good on that. And then one just sort of focused on handling difficult situations, um, you know, from oversharing to monopolizing to you know offensive language um difficult topics um just kind of trying to have some general guidelines to that um we were also going to do a really um in-depth um sort of breakdown of the scheduling form um and again like there were some great questions um you know on the form today so just to kind of you know, go inside and say like, you know, this is the information that, um, that the, the community team needs. And, and this is why, <laughs> um, why we're asking these questions. Um, and, um, then I thought maybe we would do one on how to write an engaging event description. Um, I know that that's right. I love that. Um, yeah. writing can be scary for some people. I am a former professor of writing and I actually love it. It's one of my most fun things to do. So um, I would love to talk to people um, and answer their questions about, you know, what scares them about writing and, and how we can help with that. And then we were also going to do maybe um, a facilitator's FAQs. We might get in touch with facilitators ahead of that one and and just kind of round up questions that um, that have come up that we haven't addressed yet and, and try to to knock those out. So, And certainly if any of you have ideas for topics that we could bring, uh, let us know. These will always be open and available as part of community. We will be editing them, podcasting them, and making them available on the community events page for uh, facilitators 
to be able to have access to them at any time and utilize them. So uh, it will be available training year-round, even at 3 a.m. or at uh, whatever time you want to you know, listen in. So with that, I think we'll close. And thank you all for being here. And thank you, Tabitha. Thank you.